0: hey guys it's bethany and today i have on a very very good friend of mine you probably know her because i've put her up on my instagram story <laughs> more, i think probably more times than, than my coach sometimes um oh. But yeah, Google. nah. We- <laughs> sorry, sorry big man, it's alright, didn't cry about it, it's alright. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've got Lara with me today and we're just going to start it off the same as what we normally do, so Lara, I'm going to put my hand in the jar and I just want you to tell me when to stop.
1: I'm just going to stop in like no. 30 seconds just for you. Oh, oh no, no. <laughs> you said stop, no, like come on. You can stop, go grab it.
0: Go grab it, gal. <laughs> right. Wow. Right. Okay. This does, This one. I don't know who sent this one in, but this one is like. Carefully not, not speaking
1: to Mike too. not speaking to Mike too quickly because it's the audio is, is going all like, exposed. So if you go a little bit, cause I it's, yeah. So like.
0: make sure your ladder is against the right wall.
1: True.
0: Who's who's sent that in? I don't know who sent that in, but.
1: I mean it, it, I guess I suppose it kind of wants to acknowledge the fact that you want to progress in an avenue that you are passionate about and you're not doing something for the sake of doing it um I guess just individual for everyone I suppose
0: I was more thinking of like a painter's point of view.
1: oh I'm just thinking philosophy
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, thinking I'm going way. Common, common sense.
1: you're going well deep now. <laughs> you're very literal I'm just trying to think about the meanings and the inspirational definitions behind these quotations and progressing um
0: nah, i'm not just talking about making sure the ladder's safe up against the wall so you do not fall <laughs> but yeah i <Aye>, so <laughs> we're just going to start with that there so lara can you tell us a little bit about yourself your background anything that will get the listeners to know a little bit more <sighs> about yourself <laughs> See,
1: that's like the hardest question because it's like what do you want to know right now uh well hello, my name is Lara Becker. I am 19. I am born and bred in Cardiff, so I'm a Welsh one. Well, I was gonna say Welshman, Welsh woman. <laughs> I'm a proud Welshie. And you can probably see by my accent in a way. So we've got we got some conflicting accents going on. So it's gonna be an interesting one to listen to. Um, what else do I do? I do Uh, As of November of 2018, I am a YouTuber, I have my own YouTube account where I focus on mental health, eating disorder awareness, but very much now more so on fitness, my transformation because um, from the age of 11 till, well the journey is ongoing, but I was diagnosed with anorexia nervosa when I was a young teenager and I had um, some very bad experiences with depression, anxiety disorder and to the point where Um, things got scary, things got bad. Um, but I've kind of made it my obligation and my, not my duty now, not applying the pressure on myself directly, but I've now wanted to transform the negative experiences that I've suffered as a child, as a teenager. Um, I say that I still am a teenager, but you know, utilize those lessons and put that productively into my content via my blog, via my Instagram, via my YouTube, and also my podcast. As of last month, I now have podcasts because what else do you want to do in lockdown? (laughs) And yeah, I've just been riding that wave. I don't necessarily make profit from YouTube. So I'm also a part-time barista and uni dropout but hopefully going back in if I decide to ride the wave this time (laughs) and not drop out after three months but yeah that's that's me I think is that is that okay you in a nutshell me in a nutshell me in a bloody big nutshell aye so it's crazy
0: to think that when was it so we're in we're in June so over a year ago yeah it's been over a year since we first met and I remember the first time that I had met you in person.
1: yeah and you're like hi how are you and I was like "Who? who is this girl I don't know who you are it's because like, you were talking to my friend you, you're speaking to Charlie so I just hi. assumed that you knew each other so I'm just like because he knew you I'm so okay she's probably a nice girl and you were and because we were um we were there we're trying to, we were watching the show and then we were also helping Brittany and Brandon and things. Yeah. And then we went to the after party and have an like, absolute chaotic thing with all <laughs> like, the Vanquish athletes. And I don't know, somehow Mo Samuels gave me like 20 quid that I still owe him um, to get into the Vanquish booth with all these athletes. And all I did was have a fucking panic attack <laughs> because I was so overwhelmed by all these faces and be like, why the hell am I here? But that's how we met. And, and uh, we just uh, had a bit of a... Sh- shenanigans over body power weekend we were supposed to bloody reunite and then this all happened wasn't. but coronavirus was a bastard so
0: 2020 in a nutshell
1: cunt 2020 <laughs> oh <laughs> accurate
0: <laughs> accurate
1: <laughs> literally there's so many there's so much shit that was supposed to happen this year and so many things that were like going to be the peak of my career and like getting yeah. the ball rolling and yeah that's no longer the case now well, but think, we live we learn we yeah. grow we're still young we've got we've got time we've got time we've got time Just i think silently. we forget
0: that sometimes that although we were hanging about with them people who are let's say like i think the oldest was like 30 something was it not i think the oldest person that was at that of yeah, power that we so. were like 30 something like that oh we were I the think, youngest yeah. yeah we were the youngest Wait, how old are you how old are you i'm 21
1: okay i'm 19 yeah I was 18. 18. I was 18 there yeah and I I think this was when I was still very new to social media and still very new yeah. to like public vlogging and I was still terrified of putting putting camera in front of my face but the amount of connections and the amount of networking and the amount of beneficial um adverse effects that attending that event has provided me with you know with people I met the connections that I've made was literally incredible hence why I was so so excited to go this year because i've now kind of established my career i've now kind of established my platform and what i want to promote and i knew how i wanted to go yes to enjoy but to productively do that to benefit my you know my youtube my my business and the things that i want to grow um so yeah there we go it'll it'll be in november we find i know it will be
0: i think it's not is
1: it not october
0: oh october yeah yeah because i was supposed to be competing around about that time as well and then I'd seen they'd moved the dates and I was like how is that going to work because obviously they do have like the PCA shows and stuff like that then and I was like how are they going to work that if that's supposed to be the Worlds but then the finals are after and that sort of thing because you can qualify for the finals if you're the amateurs in the Worlds sort of thing. Like yeah, that, they, because...
1: they were originally saying that they were going to keep the event going but... Um keep the event going but just not any of the stalls so have the shows and have the bodybuilding competitions continue but they after a while I think they kind of acknowledged how truly serious this case was and this pandemic was and um, what well, they sacked it off completely yeah. and I'm not a competitor I feel like I'm talking like I'm a competitor but I actually have zero experience of competing if anyone thinks <laughs> that I was an ex-runner oh yeah that's a bit about me I was a long distance runner and now I left occasionally and I'm on the train of newbie gains and I'm embracing every single minute of it. <laughs>
0: I just I just shift weights and hope I make gains. That's all I do. Mm. Pretty much. Exactly. But yeah. So talking on that aspect of you going to the gym and stuff like that, how do you think like the gym has like mentally impacted you? Like has it like boosted
1: your confidence, like your mental health and everything like that? How has it helped? I'm sure many people can relate to this, but the gym is my therapy and the gym is my safe place. Although I will admit it took me quite a few years to kind of establish that relationship as originally it was quite anxiety inducing because, you know, you worry about not performing correctly and getting judged and having people look to you and, you know, think negatively towards you. But as time progressed and as my confidence progressed, and as my knowledge progressed and, you know, becoming more comfortable with the people there and, you know, asking for help if I need somebody just to spot me and things it has become such a positive place and it's where I socialize, it's where I go to see my friends and have a good time. And honestly, since embarking on my fitness journey after coming out of anorexia, it's probably the best thing I've ever done. And I feel like it's one of the most productive things I've done for my mental health, for my anxiety, for my eating disorder and for my whole recovery as a whole. Yeah. And I don't think I could ever look back and I think, you know, from an outside perspective, you can kind of have people assume that I've just taken one obsessive lifestyle for another, but no, in reality, I've been able to completely shift my mentality towards my body. And it's not about depriving it and putting it in a place where it's, you know, dying and eating itself up to the point where I've been told my heart should stop. Right yeah. now, it's about challenging my strength and building muscle, feeling empowered by weight gain. I feeling empowered by, you know, achieving these strengths and these lifts and you know my progressing capabilities within my confidence within you know my body's abilities into performing and it's it's so productive and it's so beneficial for my mental health and I mean I've had so many therapy like therapists and counselors and life coaches and fuck they're expensive and they do absolutely nothing for it and yeah I think this one one was like 40 quid a week so 160 quid a week or do you want to pay a 20 quid membership for a gym i mean i'd go option two
0: yeah i find that sometimes when you go and see these specialists as such
1: it doesn't actually help you as much as something else could i'm very stubborn and i'm very introverted and i'm very i like to be in control yeah I'm i think that's one, thing, that's <laughs> one <laughs> thing that the reason why i went so badly into my anorexia was because i was determined and I made a choice that I wanted to completely dedicate my life into becoming, you know, in, into this anorexia. And I, you yeah. know, it was my identity. And now that I've had that mental flip, that determination has gone elsewhere. And where it comes to counseling, where it comes to therapy, and where it comes to people trying to say da 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 da, I don't like people talking down to me. And I, yeah. I don't like having people take control. I want to do something. I want to do it for myself. And I've, I've, I've just not, I haven't had the best experiences. I wanted to do a whole YouTube video on it because there's so many story times. Basically, this one woman just started crying when she found out my story. And, and she'd get, I'd almost get tr- triggered because she'd tell me how bad the stuff I've been through because there's all the triggers and all the trauma that I've done as well. And it's just like, cheers, babe. (laughs) It's like, thanks thanks for the the confidence. Don't make me feel bad. I I just took it into my own hands and I took that into me. And now it's a lot more. Like, I pat myself back on, you know, a little bit more because it's I'm not relying on somebody else. All my development, all my progression, you know, mentally, physically, but also my progression with, you know, what I'm doing online, it's all been independent. And that makes it that little bit more satisfying and that little bit more like fuck yeah I did that because I wanted to do it for myself not because I had somebody trying to push me up there I've utilized all my motivation and dedication to do it myself so yeah yeah
0: would you ever find that any point like throughout your journey like within fitness obviously since that point of you like getting yourself back up on your feet and getting yourself the ball rolling and such like that do you ever find that you have like you've ever reverted back to any like negative thoughts on that that you had when you had your eating disorder and such?
1: This is quite interesting actually because if I have a day where the voices are a little bit more prevalent mm-hmm. and the eating disorder is kind of there granted it's not as much as it used to be this is why I get a bit irritated when people say oh how did you recover from this that yeah I'm still on the journey I physically restored my weight and I'm in a healthy place my mindset is far healthier but I'm still combating that mentality every day yeah but when they do come the gym I've never used the gym as a guilt I've never used the gym as to fuel it because it's weird my anorexia is like I want to be smaller And I go to the gym to get bigger. So so it's, you know, it's never, I've never done or gone on a run or gone to the gym specifically to feel like I need to fuel the disorder. Yeah. Because number, number, you know, if I do do that, my most productive and my most you know, successful training sessions have come from a time where I feel body confident, where I feel confident within myself, where I'm in a really good mind space, where I'm you know, happier, probably low-key, a little bit hyper, because once I play a little <laughs> bit of music on my headphones, I'm an actual weirdo. Um, and that's when I have good training sessions. And when I'm in a net more negative headspace, I'm not productive and I'm not able to achieve what I can. So fitness and my disorder... In terms of um, my eating disorder, don't really combat. I think the the mentality and the voices only come on occasions where it comes to food. Yeah. But even so, that is a lot limited because I've come to the point now where I'm realizing I'm moving my body. I'm so active now. I'm challenging myself in a different way. I'm not necessarily long distance running, but I'm focusing on muscular endurance and building muscle. And my body wants food and I'm hungry and I'm determined to fuel it accordingly because, you know, I want to be in a place where I'm healthy. So I think. I'll have the, the voices and I'll have the negativity that's very very muted but over the past years I've been able to take the information and appreciate right I've got that going on and I'm a lot more knowledgeable and a lot more um understanding of what I need to do to mute it I, yeah. I, I've just I, I've learned what to do with it I, I can control it a lot more rather than let it control so, me if that makes sense
0: yeah so at then points where you've kinda like how have you like for i'm thinking for more people who maybe struggle to kind of control their thoughts, like what sort of things do you do to kind of help you like divert yourself away from them thoughts and
1: keep rolling forward and keeping yourself motivated as such yeah, more towards the beginning, it was just distraction techniques, and although at sometimes you don't want to just distract, sometimes you've got to face a thought and actually attack it and try to you know go about it productively to reduce them you know for the future's sake yeah it's also about you know making sure you're acknowledging that voice and making sure you're acknowledging that it's separate towards yourself I think my confusion was when I was younger my whole identity and Lara I wasn't Lara I was anorexic yeah but now I've acknowledged that I'm Lara but there happens to be something else and I'm able to combat that I'm able to go at it and I think the one thing that I used to do, which is a bit traumatic and a little bit intense, I used to list about all the things that, what could happen to your body when you're anorexic. Mm
0: -hmm. And I used
1: to like, use scare techniques. I know that's that's quite bad, but my rational brain had to say, okay, I don't want my heart to stop. Okay. I don't want osteoporosis. I I got osteoporosis though. So (laughs) that sucks, but it's just, it's, it's distraction techniques. It's acknowledging and being rational about it and making sure you're educated and, it's a lot more difficult once you're in it and it's easy for me to say once I've you know come out of the other side quite strong and quite you know I think I know myself a lot more but Mm -hmm. in that mindset when you're in that deprivational cycle when it's becoming a lot more prevalent it's more so you know I've got so many fucking coloring books you know taking my dogs out listening to music playing piano being creative and acknowledging what i can do and my abilities that isn't solely focused on my appearance and my food and you know just being creative and you know playing pretty pieces and you learning how to play the ukulele because i did definitely go out and buy myself a pink ukulele <laughs> um so it's just it's just the little you know appreciating the other little uh, happinesses happinesses is that the plural of happiness you know what I mean? The, the little good things in life that isn't, doesn't yes. have to revolve around your body, <laughs> your food, calories. It's just being a bit more open in your perspective.
0: Yeah. So we do find that that's kind of like a, like a motivational factor for you to kind of keep your mental health like, yeah, on life, track. So actually, think. yeah. just thinking
1: about life. Like, why would I want to be in a point where I'm depriving myself so aggressively of calories and micronutrients my- in the sense where I'm going, reverting back to my anorexia? Whereas now I'm the happiest and healthiest I've ever been. Granted, lockdown has tested my mental health. <laughs> um, I'm in a place where I am strong-minded. I've been able to finally make friends. I've you know become in a place where I'm confident within my abilities to speak, where I've kind of situated my, um, my personality and my characteristics. And you know, I'm finally becoming happy with the person that I am. And I've also had opportunities through that you know, being in a cycle of deprivational anorexia and voices of disordered eating won't help with that. And no. it's, it's, it's also, I have I have baby sisters as well. And I've always t- taken that into motivation. I don't want them to see me stick thin and think that that's the way that they should go. Because once, once you put your illness into somebody else's shoes or somebody else's perspective, you're just like, oh my God, do not do that. Don't get to the point where you're, you know, putting your fingers down your throat, even if you've eaten just half an apple, you know, don't exercise addictively don't do that and you, you can do it yourself when you're in that mentality but it's almost like if you put the perspective you put it in somebody else's shoes yeah. it becomes a lot more scary yeah, so it was definitely. also just trying to be a role model for my sisters as well
0: yeah and I think that's also like very like good too. Do you find that obviously like having like such a close-knit sort of like family and such like that can I help you get out of that like mental state as much did like your family and stuff like that help you throughout it as well like what did they do
1: um for the people who know and know me they'll know that that's quite a laughable question it's like family has been a tricky one and Mm. i feel like you know i've lost a lot of people i've had a lot of people been cut out my life not from my control um and in retrospect you could say well it was factual that family weren't a positive role in my disordered Mm. eating and you know were triggers and um i'm fortunate that i do have a strong relationship with my dad but then again i think he will even say that i made the decision and going back to my stubbornness once i have a mentality once i have a plan and once i have the dedication to want to do something i'll fucking do it and i think that was with recovery i reached a point where it was like the point of no return and gradually i kind of introduced the mindset of we need to get fucking healthy now lara we need to gain weight i got to i don't know what it is i think it's 34 kilos so five stone four pounds Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and i'm five eight i'm a relatively tall gal i wasn't healthy and yeah. I think finally, with like the hospital telling me things and telling me all these facts, and having got to a pl- point where I was flown home immediately from a um, holiday that was with my family because they were concerned that I wouldn't make it out alive, those shock factors, I think I finally began absorbing it. And then the mentality kicked. I was like, right, this has to change. Granted, it was a long and tedious process, but it was me that did it. And I've yeah. had the support from my dad. I've had the support from my stepmom. But it's family is a really tricky one for me.
0: Yeah, and I find that it can be a lot trickier for like families that are not as educated or clued up. As oh my god, better.
1: you literally nailed it on the head. You need to be lucky like, Luckily, my parents. Um, one of my parents is a GP, so mm-hmm. they kind of get it. But still, they'll never understand the extent of the mental illness because they've never. I've you no. Know, there's never been anyone in my family to struggle with a mental illness yeah and I've I tried to explain anxiety to my dad tried to explain depression to my dad um and you know he's lived a life where he hasn't suffered it so he just doesn't get it he just don't get it and you know a day where it comes like "Well, what's happened nothing's happened but quite frankly now I have a tight feeling in my chest and my heart is pounding and I'm shaking and jittering and I'm overthinking every negative thought that's causing me to you know to get this traumatic kind of mentality I nothing's happened it's just what happens to my brain it happens to my head. And I'm now overthinking everything. I'm now thinking this about my body and thinking this about my, me as a person. I'm worrying about that. I'm worrying about this. I've, you know, the physical symptoms come. They, just, they just don't get it. Yeah, they don't get it.
0: That was like Obviously, I explained this in a podcast to Rebecca, which was the first, um, mm. first kind of podcast that had like a guest on. Um, like my family didn't really understand it whatsoever. Um, all they knew is that. I was making myself sick, and I was making myself more ill, and I was excessively going to the gym, and I didn't have any sort of body competition, like uh, confidence whatsoever. Sorry, Um, but my mum and that they're like feeders, like hundred percent feeders, and like if you were to come into my house, like straight away, like you would see like cereal boxes right, like right at the right. I eat cereal like. Like no,
1: tomorrow, that's my weakness. <laughs> a full,
0: like, massive drawer, of, like biscuits, just biscuits, just biscuits, right? And then a cupboard that's got my breads, like my bread stuff, like all my kind of stuff that's like my square bars and that's in my diet. And then below it is like all cakes, and then all bread at the top that's theirs. And then in the fridge, I've only got one wee shelf, but there's a full sweetie drawer. There's like cheesecakes and everything. Like I mean, like. How's, how's my family not got diabetes? I do not know. I really <laughs> do not
1: know. Um, yeah, it's, it's tricky. I think when I was in a different household and when I was in a different environment now, where they were a lot less understanding of just a balanced diet, it was tricky yeah. when there was all the takeaways and all the chocolates and all the cakes and all oh, the muffins yeah. and all the pan of chocolates And it's just, it, it, it's, it's anxiety-inducing. And it, it, it can, once you're in that very delicate mindset, it's yeah. just a bit like you're walking on eggshells.
0: Mm -hmm. it's really difficult and I think it was more kind of difficult for my dad to understand he's very kind of old-fashioned like when I was in high school I used to have like really bad like panic attacks and because of like obviously me being triggered by my eating disorder like I would actually like be lying in my bed and I'd be fainting, like proper faint and like passed out for like a couple minutes like sweats a lot like my dad actually had to put me in cold showers before my exams and stuff like that as well like I'd always be like literally bang on time for my exams because I would just freak out like so badly and he would obviously you're being stupid just stop it like that the sort of thing that he would say to me and it would obviously make me feel worse because I would be thinking to myself well why why is this happening like what's what's mentally wrong with me upstairs for me to be this stupid way like that sort of thing so Obviously, my parents, in a sense, they were, sometimes they were supportive and sometimes they weren't, like, my sister wasn't supportive. And I can say that right now, and I don't even care if my mum or my dad listens to the podcast or whatsoever. Like, my sister was not supportive. And to this day, she held me, like, accountable for it and said disrespectful things about me having an eating disorder and try to say that I was yep, just putting been it on done that yeah honestly and it's it's, it's really difficult horrible. it's
1: really horrible once you have that family relation and when when it's somebody that in retrospect should trust should care for you should yeah. take yeah. accountability and help you and they don't do that it's like heart shattering
0: yeah that is. it really was and i think to this day this is why i don't have like a such a kind of close knit with my sister, as such, we're two very we're chalk and cheese in a sense, which probably doesn't help either. Um, completely different on retrospective fitness,
1: thinking about life, and such like that, as well. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people assume that I'm because I, I don't post my family, like, I'll post like my sister, like, mm-hmm. m- like a very, like, sure, sh- I can't, I don't want to expose her face because I want to keep her private and things. But I've actually got two sisters, three brothers, two sets of everything else, and you know, despite all of that, I'm I'm flying solo, completely flying solo.
0: Yeah, I find that sometimes, like I still live in this house, like I still sleep here, but I'm my own person.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've come to that point recently, but I think it's also, you know, we're we're twenty. I'm almost twenty. I'm I'm twenty. In what day is it today? Wednesday I'm 20 on Sunday so Ooh. I'm kind of 20 but we're, we're, we're at the age where you know we want our own accountability we want our own control we want our own kind of thing and we get it gets to the point where it's not necessarily like I don't have a bad relationship with my dad and my stepmom and my sister now at all but you just want you just want your space you want you know your little zone and you want your own control and independence I,
0: I'm just like getting money please just get out of my neck like I don't need that like <laughs> just leave me alone um but I, I just so, eat that's all I do <laughs> I just eat well, I just eat go to the gym cub home and sleep that's me oh excuse me I'm actually so tired I swear to god I've seen every single hour last night I swear to god but I um so coming from your sort of background and everything that you've been through would you have like any tips or tricks for people who struggle with eating disorders or mental health or such
1: oh i just clicked my neck i, that was I heard that <laughs> i heard that um okay eating disorders are often categorized as physical illnesses because there's an element of weight loss and that's bullshit because you can gain weight you can lose weight you can um be on a maintenance We've got to start understanding that eating disorders and mental illnesses, that there's a mental trigger, and there's something that's caused you to feel negative about food, about your body, about something in life, which has caused you to take control with this disorder relationship with food with. You know, weight loss with weight gain with binging with whatever avenue of disordered eating so I was a victim of anorexia bulimia orthorexia exercise addiction I've, I've had I've had a good little sprinkle of everything they were really considerate to me they wanted me to test out the whole little water so it was, it was lovely it's a lovely time that, that was complete sarcasm but it was <laughs> you've got to kind of appreciate it as a mental illness and I think I was put into hospital when I was 15 um but it's It's the focus on the physical thing and it was a focus on you need to gain weight. Here's a meal plan. Go and eat. That doesn't work. That does not work. What you need to do, which is probably the most difficult thing, you need to genuinely take a step back and understand and appreciate your triggers and the things that have caused you to think this way and the things that have caused you to progress this way. It could be something really minuscule that just gradually you know, encouraged. But you've got to... Honestly, take the steps and take the accountability. Sometimes, like myself, it takes you far lower and you get really depressed and shit happens. But you need to take take that step to have that shit happens because you need to figure that shit out. You need to take control over that thing. And then you can progress. Then you can go on. And granted, the progression is never going to be linear. The gradient, hopefully, in, in a positive circumstance, it will be a positive gradient of recovery you just need to take a step back and acknowledge the mental struggles and behind it and understand if that's through therapy, if that's through, you know, it's just about not solely focusing on the physical symptom of thinking you're going to recover by gaining weight. You're going to recover by turning and changing your mental and mindset towards food, towards relationship with your body, towards this disordered eating, towards this mental illness. Mm -hmm. It's about taking a step back and acknowledging that the transformation first occurs in your head.
0: Yeah, so did you find that you ever like went full and scale like what I would normally do, like FBI mode, like research and everything and oh, like, yeah. find up so much information on it?
1: As in recovery or as in trying to get...
0: Everything in general.
1: Oh yeah, because there's the, the um, ProAna websites and the um, sites that want to encourage the eating disorder. And I went through all of that. But then when it came to recovery, it was more out of my control. It was more like the hospital saw where I was graphed my weight, saw that I was in a percentile which I was very very dangerous and just took all control away from me. So at at the start it was just like my hands were up Um, and it is scary and it's unpredictable because it's in an environment where you're not completely familiar with and granted we've had for me there was years and years where I had my own control, I had my own secrets and then ultimately I had all of that control taken away from me. Granted it was for the benefit and for the beneficial reasons and the transformation into getting me back into a healthy place but it's scary, and it's not something that we're necessarily in control with. And um, yeah, I think for me, I just had to put my hands up and let them do what they wanted to do. And I say let them do. I had to just begin eating and having my yeah. appointments and having my blind ways and having um, being patrolled and you know bed rest, everything. And it was depressing. Like my depression really triggered then. And yeah. You know, mindset went to a really dark place, a handful of times, thinking about things, and you know, whatever. But your mindset towards what I'm saying, whatever. But it's you, as I said before, you just kind of got to go down to go back up. I feel like you've yeah. got to I feel like you know, you've got, got to get, hit that you gotta rock get,
0: bottom. You've got to
1: get hit rock bottom before you grow. It's like you've got to
0: ring, ring, hurrah!
1: There you go. I was on a really motivational kind of impactful centre no but yeah it's just rock rock bottom is where you grow rock bottom is where you then have the foundation to build is what I feel like
0: and did you ever find that you were after you'd stopped speaking to all these specialists and such like that did you ever find that it was like you doing this yourself or did you have someone like a best friend my recovery began when I
1: was discharged my recovery began when I was discharged and I had yeah. my own control that doesn't work for a lot of people sometimes the control can cause the relapse but my mindset was one where I wanted to get healthy where I wanted to get strong where I wanted to gain weight because I wanted to take my dogs out for walks I was fucking bored of sitting down all day and not allowed to move you know it wasn't, I wasn't as like, I walk up and down stairs because they didn't want me to burn calories and things and it was a really really isolated time because I had to isolate so I've had had past experiences of self-isolating, so coronavirus came at me.
0: Um, (laughs) And that was my
1: life. And I just wanted to start life, and I wanted to be normal. And I hadn't been in school for... I lost, like, the last three years. You know, I I, I was fucking bored. I I, I was done. And um, once I was able to get out of hospital, granted, they didn't take me out when I was, like, fully recovered. They just... I've had a really shit time with hospital. They're just very an understanding of the mental illnesses it's it's called child and adolescence mental health services but they can kind of forget that the mental health bit within the thing so you know who knows but it was after i was out and after i had the capability to make my own choices was where my recovery began. granted as i said like it takes a strong individual to be able to put that into productive things and into continuing healthily because sometimes you can just think oh god yes i've got control and they can they're gone now i can go back um which I definitely thought of, which I definitely, you know, when I first began getting weighed, I did water load to convince them that I was gaining weight. Yeah. Um. So they could release me so then I could go back to my anorexic ways. But I think by that time I had like the mentality situated within me that I just wanted to start life again. I wanted to take my dogs out for walks. I wanted to have a life. Yeah, that sort of thing. So from that point of view being like,
0: discharged and everything you were starting that ball kind of that snowball effect of like rolling how was that first kind of experience for you walking into that gym like how was it for you was it very daunting at first it wasn't a
1: gym it was running um Mm. so I was discharged 2017 in end of January and then in July 2017 I managed to put enough weight on and train a little bit for a 5k run it was like the cancer research run um and I really liked it. And it wasn't just the run, it was the environment and it was the people and it was the community and having, you know, this excitement and this event. And then in my head, I thought thinking rationally, oh, the card of half marathon is coming in a few months. Half marathon is just four and a bit more of what I just did. I could do that. I mean, I've gone from doing three miles to having to do over 13. Like it was a bit of a know. jump. Wouldn't it be but me? I was, my head was set and I wanted to do it. Um, so then I trained for it. I, I was still very weak. I was still quite underweight, I will mm-hmm. admit. Um, I went to physio and she told me I shouldn't do it because she thought I'd break my legs because my bones hadn't repaired and I hadn't calcified enough. Really? But um, I think I've made cal- calcification. Oh, you know what I mean? Um, my bones were still weak. My ligaments and muscles were still repairing because I lost basically everything. Yeah. And yeah, I ended up doing it. And I did it for an eating disorder charity. I did it. I, I fundraised for beets. And that was like my initial introduction into you can do something with your body that's empowering and that's positive and that's successful and something you could be proud of rather Mm -hmm. than just killing it and depriving it and abusing it. And that was my first introduction into that. And then having the ability to transition my mindset into thinking my body's strong, my body's able crap. I need to start eating. I need to start fueling. I need to start working on these things, strengthening my body. It was that mental flip. And then it was only in 2018. I started going to the gym, but that was more so alongside the running. So it was just like going into studio with five kilo dumbbells, either side of a bar and like pretending to think I know what I'm doing. Um, Continued the long distance running, did a load of half marathons, paced for a load of half marathons and, continued with that until I managed to tear the ligaments within my ankle this time last year in the half marathon Um, fundraising again for beats so then from October onwards I've completely embarked on solely lifting yeah so yeah it was more so running did a bit of the gym but I was still very anxious and then now I'm more so solely focused on the gym and kind of put the running to a side
0: yeah do you find that you're more passionate about running than
1: you are about like lifting weights no No. change that that time that time's gone I think I enjoy running I will go out every once in a while now but I need to really want to do it I think I finally have like a breath of fresh air during this summer period now because I know I don't have a half marathon to train for in October yeah and it's I'm running because I want to run not because I have to so I feel like I'm getting the enjoyment back because it's not necessarily just stress in association to it like, I, I don't know how, but I managed to run a half marathon like two weeks ago without training for one in like I thing, like just like out of the blue in lockdown with no water, no carb load. You know, I did leg day the day before. I shouldn't have been able to do it, but I did it my quickest time. But you know, whatever. I do not can run. I can't but I did run. that because I wanted to do it, not because I was told to do it and not I was stressed to do it. I um, love the running. It'll always be the thing that helped me the most into transitioning from the anorexia to a you know a balanced healthy lifestyle of fitness and activity yeah but there's something fucking different about lifting that's just a little bit more satisfying and oh I, lo- I love a good rack pull I, 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 I love going into the gym and feeling confident and getting in my bubble get my headphones on being with like motivating people getting yeah I, I like it it's so, I love, it. I, I, love it. It. so I love it i love <laughs> it everyone knows i love it starts crying like, three months all, i'm just left oh. with like seven kilo dumbbells now all i have at home
0: nah i was just like nah i'm just gonna um, completely convert my garage and a gym, and that's what i've done um, i'm fortunate
1: that i have a room in my house that we've dedicated just like i've, I've got a pull-up bar and a dip bar yeah and i feel like I've, I've tried to focus more so on functional things and yeah. working on my pull-ups, working on my dip variations, working on, you know, hanging leg, leg raises and core stability and just being an overall fitter, more functional person. But yeah. I can't wait to actually lift some heavyweight and do it like a oh. proper lap pull-down without having to use a fucking resistance band and like destroying my hands from the friction.
0: Oh, believe me, I'm like, I'm pure buzzing. Like I'd even like, during this lockdown, I'd even message like, one of my mates who's on the reception and I was like, Go and just give me the keys just for like one day. Like just mm-hmm. just give me the keys. I need it for a day. Like just some. of my mates, mates have a them. home
1: gym that is not we're not there yet until I can go over. But
0: Yeah.
1: Even even in their home gyms it's just like they have like twenty kilos. And I'm just like like, like I want See, I'm, I want something happy. sufficient.
0: I'm quite happy that I've got the weights that I've got. Because um, 'cause I've got two set up. I've got, I've got I've got a multi gym like sort of thing, like um like you can do like lap building, you can do like pec deck, reverse pec deck, like like extension.
1: Oh um, yeah, I've got yeah, yeah.
0: That sort of thing. And then I've got like a Smith machine so I can do like anything really own that and I've just got like dumbbells and bands so like I've got quite a good setup and like for cardio I've got like my treadmill and I've got my bike but I had my treadmill and my bike before that like I had that for years Um, and it just kind of lived in there and then when this all started up we were like right okay we need to use this a little bit more Um, because my mum and dad they're both high risk so they couldn't leave whatsoever so um, they kind of started to use that as well and then I was like right okay I need to get weights for all this stuff and I managed to get like a hundred kg, so I'm like, I'm, I'm laughing. Oh my god! I'm laughing. So then it I comes think to, all like, I've been doing
1: is like lat raises, front raises, shoulder press. Like I've grown, like all I'm training is like delts. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I'm delts. I'm just a lot of walking. Like I think the other day I managed to walk like thirteen kilometers just because I had time.
0: Yeah, I. It was as. It it's good and see if they turn around and say, "Oh yeah, by the way, you can," like. The gyms are not going to open for another. They're speculating that in England it's going to be the fourth of July. So
1: it's it's dependent on gyms though. It is. Yeah. It is not like pure gym. They they're not doing both. They're, but then Wales we're further behind everyone.
0: Scotland's the exact same. We get told like a day before anything's happening. Hey, by the way, just to let you know you're allowed to go and meet in a group of six outside. Like
1: we're what? not. We're only or only like people from households. So. I don't know like for my birthday I'm trying to do like a picnic with like one of my friends <laughs> I'm just like we'll just like delay the party <laughs> we'll, we'll delay the, mm-hmm. the celebrations and just have like a, a picnic in the middle of a park
0: like, yeah. two
1: meters apart It's just, like, great
0: I know it's it's difficult and such like that but um I so I'm quite thankful that I've got that stuff but if they turn around and say the gyms are not going to open until god knows but you're allowed to like meet up more with people like i'll be like charging like a fiver at the door like a fiver a session like you can go on my if i could come up to
1: you. if i could come up to you holy heck i'd oh i'd, I'd want to live there. i'd get i'd get set of bed i'll get a little blow up bed i'd get a little get my blankets and i'll just live in the gym and or you can just like, like sleep, games.
0: sleep on the dog's couch if you want
1: oh cheers you
0: <laughs> now nah, that they, they're spoiled, them dogs, they're all sitting spoon on that couch. It's cute, that's it cute. I oh, will give them that. But, um, I so I've got one last question for you, and this will make you think a wee bit more about it. Okay, so
1: I love your it, accent. You go, I wee bit more,
0: aye, a wee it. Bit, I just it. A wee bit. <laughs> You're so Scottish. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, fun fact, clara I am. <laughs> Born and (laughs) bread. Give me the bread and water.
1: If you, bread
0: and
1: water. (laughs) Coons juice? Butter. Butter. Bread and butter? What? English? That's a location, that's a place in Wales.
0: Oh, no thanks. Um, Just call it Scotland, right? (laughs) 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 So considering everything that's happened throughout, your mental health, your eating disorders, your gym life, anything like that, from this point right now where we are, if you could go back and tell yourself one key bit of information, what would it be and why?
1: On the 2nd, no, the 3rd of October 2016, I tell myself everything will work out. That was the day that I acknowledged my triggers and that I, I want to tell that very vulnerable, scared, anorexic girl everything will work out and this time three, four years you will be happy and you will understand the definition of happiness and freedom
0: but good <laughs> that,
1: and back that was a really dark, dark period in my life and it just progressed and you know it, years and years of periods of just like shit going down i just never thought that i'd be able to smile i never yeah. thought that i'd have the capability of living my life for the sake of me wanting to just experience life rather than just surviving so i would want to tell that lara that you will do things that bring you joy and you will do things and you will experience life and it's going to be fucking unpredictable and who knows one d- one day you'll Upload a video, go viral, and you'll have to challenge your social anxiety by going on multiple yeah. news platforms on live TV and shit, see yourself shitless. But you'll make connections and you know, figure yourself out and create an identity which you're proud of. And the day will come, and things do work out in the end. Yeah, just plow through, my darling. Eat your food, eat warm. your meals, <laughs> <laughs> eat your food, Great <laughs> <laughs> <a food. laughs> <laughs> glutes. It's fine. <laughs> well for me it's my quads fuck they're relentless
0: oh but i like want to say my quads to cam dude like just can't get enough of them but anyways (laughs) i just want to say a huge big massive thank you for you to come on the podcast i know you uh, are sometimes a very busy gal not at the moment as much, but before you were very, very... Oh, I, busy. I've, I've oh. filled it
1: because I'm the kind of person that if I take a day off to relax, that's the day that I get anxious because I'm overthinking and I have the time to overthink and I have the time yeah. to kind of figure out, okay, this is what I hate about myself. This is what I'm doing wrong. So it's just like, the busier I am, the more mentally stable I am. So yeah, you've <laughs> so always got, so got just like a routine. To, yeah, you've always got a routine. I've, I've, kind, of, I've kind of got a routine. Mm. Um, I just make, trying to make sure that I'm absorbing good things now because i think yeah. it's so easy just to dwell it's just yeah, keeping the positivities keeping training going keeping the endorphins going going on a nice long walk with my dogs good shit good I shit listening to um, podcasts a bit of be unique you know on the side right. <laughs> love it but i just want to say a
0: huge massive thank you as always it's always good having you on here and do you want to tell the listener anything at all any handles or that at all
1: my only fans is
0: <laughs> whoa stop right there <laughs>
1: No, that's a joke. Uh, that's only desperate times. So soon, maybe. I would like to um, hope not. <laughs> um, no, my Instagram is Lara double underscore Rebecca. YouTube, Lara Becker. Podcast, keep smiling podcast. What else do I do? Lara Games. It's just like Lara Becker. That sh- <laughs> hopefully it will come up, you know. Just Google her. Just Google her. Just, 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 just type it in. Just Google. <laughs> Google it. Just be like Lara
0: Rebecca. Google. Oh yeah,
1: that, that's a fun one. My uh, dad found out my net worth the other day. that's funny. Apparently it was 63 million. So, that's bullshit. Is like <laughs> nice. It's right. like <laughs> two pence.
0: Nice. My net worth, two pence. But yeah, it's been great having you on here and I'm always thankful it's for it's you. It's always. And hopefully we will reunite
1: soon. 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 Body soon. power shenanigans.
0: Either that or I'll just need to come down and just like ransack wheels
1: yes oh my gosh you should do that and i should take you to this is a really cool independent gym like i'm a i'm a member at pure gym so like it's i try to go to a lot of independent gyms just because it does get a bit repetitive and mm-hmm. this is one gym that you'd absolutely love it's the one that jack yeah. Thorburn actually goes to i think
0: oh he's a unit got the be. size of just that's what i'm
1: gonna say <laughs> he's
0: a unit
1: i think i was hot trading first ones i think it's the one he goes to but yeah it's a good one
0: it's mm-hmm. called I'll need to. I'll need to come down, and I'll probably be like, "Hey, what's happening, Jack? <laughs> go, go, go see, go see your boyfriend." <laughs> like, hey, what? <laughs> but I just want to say thank you again, and yeah, I hope everyone is all right where they are. Things aren't too hectic for them at the moment. It will calm down. We will get through this together, and everyone oh, be happy. Together. Hey, you. You start like a high school musical. This together. <laughs> love it love it hope everyone is amazing where they are be happy be positive and be unique guys okay